Welcome to the Stripped Money Podcast with Lungile. Thank you for giving us your ears as we break down money to its bare bones, letting you know how your money can work for you. Hello everyone, I'm so excited to have this guy in studio today. When I knew I was going to be talking to him and asked him for his bio, it was an incredible five pages long. So yeah, definitely a very busy man. Today's guest is a 29-year-old former radio broadcaster, TV presenter, financial literacy speaker, blogger, social entrepreneur, and mixed DJ. Definitely a shooting star in his own right. Our paths crossed when he was trying to get one of his projects off the ground, and some of you may know him as Mr. I'm going to try to do this. Mr. (laughs) 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 Welcome, Mr. Tepo Khapane, a.k.a. DJ at large. Yay! Thank you so much for the invite. I'm so excited. Like, yo, I'm so excited. Awesome. I must say, it feels so weird for me to be on the other side of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Normally, you're the one interviewing me, but today, the chair is on the other side. Yeah, something new, something refreshing. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely good. Cool. Let's get straight into it. Let's talk about money. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a bit of about how you learned about money as a kid, or do you have any money moments as a kid that you look at, at look at as an adult and think, "Wow, that was." That was a lesson. Yo, um, I think it, I have to. I have to say it's. It comes down to my parents. Mm. Um, as I was growing up, they kept giving me all these money lessons, but I don't think they were aware. Yeah. Because my dad comes from a very bad background, okay. and my mom comes from a good background. Okay. So they both see money very differently. So mm. I was getting a little bit of different lessons from each of them. And my first real memory was buying my first computer. Oh wow! And I bought it in bits and pieces. Mm. So I saved up and I bought a screen. <laughs> saved up and I put the keyboard Wow! and then I saved up and I put the main part of the computer you know so that's my first memory but one thing they instilled is that you must always plan for the future you must mm. always look ahead and they didn't consciously do it but it was all they were always saying it to me you know and then it just sunk with me and mm. every time I got money I was always like okay what do I do with it yeah I can spurge but I gotta think a little bit further about what can I do with this money so that's amazing it's all about them really they're yeah. the ones that, that instilled it in me I think Vela parents are the first people that instill that knowledge within you to start saving or just to understand how money mm. works mm. Mm. Um, so let's fast forward to when you got your first big paycheck but maybe let's let's backtrack okay. tell us about how you got your first job whatever it is my first job was in promotions okay so I was still at Vits and I was on a campus radio station there mm. and so I was like the cool kid on campus yeah. you know, I knew everybody you know kitty zaza looking good <laughs> you know <laughs> And then this opportunity came up with one of the the mobile networks and they were looking for an influencer team. They wanted people that are cool, that are young, that are at all the clubs, all the great events. And they wanted us to basically market their mobile devices. Mm. Um, But it wasn't the normal promotions where you're at a store and it's boring and you're trying to convince people. So we'd go out to events and we'd have fun and we'd take pictures and we'd show people the phone. So it was more of like a conversation with people as opposed to selling it. And so I had so much fun because we'd go to different places different provinces different clubs different markets different universities and you i had so much fun with that that sounds like fun i want to do that job (laughs) and your first big paycheck Ooh, first big paycheck was when I was in commercial radio. Mm. That was like the first real paycheck. Do you remember the moment? I remember the moment I was driving on the way to the Val because yeah. I was actually working. I was doing an outside broadcast. Mm. And then ding, ding, yes. the SMS came in, quick look. And I was like, yo, the money's in. <laughs> <laughs> and what did you do with it? Immediately, I transferred 
some money to my mom and to my dad just as a way to say thank, thank you for you. everything. Mm. And then after that, I was like, no, let me relax. Because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I didn't have any debts at the mm. time. So I didn't have any debit orders. It literally just came into my account and I was like, what now? But, but I didn't want to use it all because mm. I was like, it's a long month. It's not the biggest salary, but it's big for me in the yeah. moment. And when I, saw, I was like very excited, transferred something to my mom, something to my dad. And then I was like, let me get my job done today. And then I decide after what I'm going to do with it. Okay, so while you're busy in broadcasting, you started venturing into other things. So I'm assuming that you had multiple streams of income back then already? Yeah, yeah. So already back then, I was already DJing in the clubs. Mm. Um, I just landed a TV gig at the time. Um, and I was doing a lot of voiceover work as well. So there were multiple streams of income. So it was very tricky because now it's like there's so much money coming in and you're mm. trying to keep track of what you're going to do with the money. And also because the entertainment industry shuts a short career path. Mm. Um, you need to be very smart with your money. So on radio, I'd signed a 12-month contract. There's no benefits. There's no medical aid. There's no retirement annuities. There's none oh, of that. Really? So the money that comes in, you need to be very smart with it. Yeah. You know, on radio, on TV, it's like a three-month contract for like a number of episodes. Voiceover work is here and then. So all this money was coming in like like in bulk, yeah. but it was not consistently coming yes. in, which was the issue. Yeah, so but. how did you manage that? How did you make sure that your money lasts you for as long as possible? I think when, when I signed my contract with, with the radio station, I realized that I've got 12 months and I don't know what's going to happen after this 12 months. Mm. So I then needed to start researching, what can I do to stretch my money further? Mm. Where can I invest it? Where can I save it? What is a good medical aid for a person of my age at the time? Yeah. And the more research I was doing, the more I realized... Myself and other young people, we don't know enough about money. Mm. So I realized that a lot of young people don't know much about money. Mm. Um, when I'd ask my radio friends, I realized they didn't know anything. I'd ask my, my friends that are in corporate and they didn't know anything. So I needed to do more research because I, I was already passionate about saving and investing, but mm. I needed to do even more research. You know, So that's how the journey basically started in me trying to figure out how do I use my money and how do I make my money work for me, even if it's a small salary. Yeah. Yeah, when I was like, no, I need to make it work for me. Mm. I don't want to be in debt. Or be those people when it comes to 15, all I'm eating is tin stuff. Yo, I'm like, no, no, and noodles. No, no. And noodles. Uh -uh. I don't want to be one of those people. So that's what I decided to then do. Okay. So now tell me about leaving, deciding to leave radio broadcasting. I mean, we think it's a very prestigious job. I mean, there's opportunity for you to get additional income based on what you were doing. How did you decide to leave that industry? Um, it wasn't an easy, easy decision to make. Um, and I didn't want to leave the station that I was at, but there was so much politics and I'm a, I'm a purpose driven person. Mm. So when the politics became about other things other than radio, I knew that it was time for me to leave that specific place. Um, and I didn't have a plan. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I just knew that I was no longer happy. Okay. You know, so for me, three hours on radio was the happiest time, but all of a sudden that was the worst time for me, you know? So I knew with you, you know what? Um, I don't have a plan. I've got investments. I've got savings. I've got all of that. So I don't need to stress about debit orders and so forth. But I'm a purpose-driven person. And I felt like my purpose was no longer served there. Mm. And perhaps it would be served at a different station or perhaps on a different platform completely. Mm. So, yeah, no, it was the right time for me to step out. You talk about something interesting, talking about happiness versus money. I mean, a lot of people bear being unhappy. I mean, we stay in very unhappy jobs and uh, lead unhappy lives all because there's a paycheck at the end of it. What are your thoughts around that? 
Whew, I, I think money is important, mm. but money isn't everything, mm. you know, so you need to find the right balance um, because what's the point of sitting in a Porsche, but you're really unhappy mm. you know, and you can't replace that unhappiness with anything else. So it's, it's about finding the balance, having all the things that you need, but still being happy in what you're doing every day. You know, so, I mean, there was really a point where I was on radio, I was on TV, I was doing voiceovers. I mean, I'd do a voiceover and get 20 grand just from that. Mm. That's like 30 minutes and it's 20 grand. And then I still got my salary. So easily making 50 grand a month. Mm. But some of the, the platforms I was on, I was very unhappy. Mm. And I was like, you know what? Um, I'm going to miss the money. <laughs> but um, I, I need to be in a better and happier place. Okay. You know? And I think the money will come after that. Money will come. I think yeah. I also agree with you. I think... Um, when you're happy, the money will follow you. Yeah. I think when you're sitting in a place where you're feeling very uncomfortable and very unhappy, even your output is not that great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it yeah. impacts you in a way that you don't you don't even understand yourself. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Okay, cool. So now tell me about your last formal paycheck. So we talked about your first <laughs> and how amazing that was. Your last one, how did that feel? So all of a sudden I leave radio, I eventually leave TV and I end up on corporate. Mm. I don't know how, but I have a, a BCom degree, a BCom law degree from this. Yes. I've got a PDM from business school. So I end up being an account manager in this massive IT company. What? Like, I hey, don't know that. Corporate. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, the story is crazy. So all of a sudden I'm in corporate. I'm not happy in corporate either. Mm. I'm just like, no, man. What it's am I doing you. here? Mm. Like, and the salary is great. It's a really, really good salary. And for the first time, I have stability. I have medical aid. Yes. I have retirement annuity. I know whether I'm sick or I'm not sick, I'm getting paid. Yeah. You know, so for the first time, I have stability. But I'm like, I don't think this is what I should be doing. Mm. You know, so after about six months, I sit down with the CEO and I'm like, hey, my guy, <laughs> I'm not happy. I don't think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, so the final salary comes in. And once again, I don't have a plan. <laughs> but I've got savings and I've got investments. It's mm. almost like God was always telling me, you just have money because something is going to happen. Yes. You know, so last salary comes in. Everything is paid up. There's a stockpile of money, but there isn't a plan. Mm. So I'm just like, you you know, so it was, it was a very scary time because now I had to just take this leap of faith and yeah, it was scary. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And okay. So you didn't have a plan and then what happened? What did you decide to do? So through all this time, while I was on Wire, while I was corporate, I was doing Youth Money Circle, mm. which is the set of events which you were the first person to really see value in in me doing these financial literacy events for young people. So all through this time, I've been doing these events, but I haven't been doing them consistently because then I'm on radio and I'm on TV, then I'm yeah. in corporate. So I, had, I didn't have time to completely no focus. focus on it. And I'm like, I'm passionate about this. I could create a business out of this. And then another opportunity came where a company said, hey, we've been to one or two of your events would you like to come and speak to our employees and we'll pay you to do it i was like oh okay so i could create a corporate masterclass mm. where we teach corporate people about saving about investing about vehicle finance about retirement planning and so forth and i can still do these big events for young people so like okay cool i'll take the leap of faith and i'll create a business around what i've been doing passionately anyways mm. you know it's just now i need to structure it better and make it a business and so now the entrepreneurial side really, really begins for me. Okay. And how do you advocate for yourself when it comes to earning money? I mean, you're young 
And some people might say you don't know what you're talking about or you don't most people our age, your age I think <laughs> don't <laughs> don't really know their their true value. Mm-hmm. So how do you then advocate for yourself when you're meeting with these corporates in terms of they need to pay you what you're worth? How do you how do you navigate that? I think what I realized is you need to create value. So a lot of us wanna create something but we don't create value within that thing. So all of a sudden, you also want to start doing financial literacy events mm. and you want to charge 200000 You've never done an event. Mm. You've, never, you've never interacted with anybody within the financial literacy space. So it's about creating value and learning and taking constructive criticism. So my event started very, very small mm. and they've changed now where we're having easily 150 people at the events it's now very easy for me to get funding so it's been a process of building value Mm. so how do you create an event that benefits the people that are coming and the sponsor and actually actually give them something very real so i think sometimes we chase i'm worth so much Mm. but you haven't created that value Mm. you know so you need to go back you need to speak to people who've declined your proposals, declined your offers, ask them what is the actual reason yes. and then keep re- redefining your idea and keep working on it. So I took this very small proposal and I did it completely out of passion and mm. I was like, I need to make it a business. Mm. So all the constructive criticisms that I got, um, all the feedback, we started sending a lot of questionnaires to people and people were so blunt and they're mm. like, oh, yeah, or oh, you need to change this or you need to change that. And I didn't take it personal. I was just yes. like, okay, cool. I'm just going to, you know, let, let, let it let it um, help me to, to, to redefine my idea. Mm. So it's about creating value by listening to what people are actually saying. Okay, that makes yeah. sense to me. Um, we've talked about a lot of your money moments in the last yeah. few years, but then is there one that stands out for you, like a game-changing moment or a financial success story that you can just share with our listeners? A game-changing moment. <sighs> I, I think... It's, it, I wouldn't say it's a moment, but it's something that I've consistently always done. Mm. And I only realized now that I, man, I was actually doing the right thing. Every time I got a salary increase or I got more money, I never changed my lifestyle. Absolutely. I've yeah. kept the same car. I've basically kept the same clothes. Yeah, I'll buy clothes and, and shoes. But my lifestyle hasn't really changed. And I think that was very, very important because every time there was an additional income, I'd save it and invest it. Mm. So... Whether I was on corporate, I was on radio, or there were different types of gigs, my lifestyle stayed completely the same. Still driving the same car, still staying at the same place. And I think that that for me was was the game changer. And I only realized later that I'm, man. You're onto something. Like, I know, man, I'm onto something. Like, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, I think that's the one trap that most of us mm. fall, fall into in that when you get a salary increase or a bonus, yeah. oh my gosh, you need to ball. You need to yes. change your... People must they see, must see you. Good day. You've arrived. Like, now I'm in corporates. <laughs> I must change my car. Yeah. And it impacts your finances, your finances quite negatively in that you... In, you Instead of growing, you're actually backsliding in terms mm. of you spending money that you that you actually should be saving and putting towards something that that will help you in the long term. I completely agree, you know. So now tell me something that you spend your money something that you spend money on that makes your life simpler or better. Simpler or better. Mm. Um I spend a lot on on data. Mm. I'm using various apps that make my life a whole lot easier. So, yeah. for instance, I don't tweet every day, but I have an app that I use where I schedule all my tweets yes. and everything goes out. So, mm. anything that I can use from a technological point of view that will make my life easier, I use 100%. Okay. So, as a, as a very simple example, when we started doing the events, 
and we wanted to send out SMSs or messages to my database and the mm. group of people that come to my events. I'd literally do it from my phone. No, but so I'd copy and paste and then send 10 because it only sent 10 at a time. And I was like, no, man, I can't live this life. You know, like <laughs> yeah, it's it has difficult, to be it's expensive. Better. You know, so now we've got a platform where everything is there and I can send one simple SMS. So Perfect. it's the use of technology to make my life easier and at, at certain times even cheaper to live. So yeah, that's I'm always looking for ways to do things better, cheaper, and just use technology. Mm. Okay, I'll ask this question of each one of my my guests. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like you to please strip one money term down to its most basic and simple um, definition. Your favorite one. My favorite one. Hmm. I'll I'll say this is going to be very weird. Balloon payment. Oh my god. And I'm going to say this for a reason because. Yeah. People really don't understand what it means. Mm. They like legit, legit don't understand. Um, so the simplest way to understand a balloon payment is it's a way to reduce your car installment. But the repercussions is that you need to pay an additional lump sum at the end of the investment period, of the period of paying off a vehicle. Mm. Um, and it's important because so many people are trapped mm. and they don't even know they're trapped. You're in year three of paying your car. You have no idea that at year five, you still owe another 100,000. Mm. So it's it's a term that people, they've heard of, but they don't know what it means. Yeah, I think I learned about balloon payments the <laughs> the difficult way when I bought my first car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just bought it and I was like, okay, they said... The, and the, the thing is, the people at the dealerships want you to just buy the car. Just They're not going to explain Jorge, at the end of yeah, this, when yeah, a 21 yeah. year old, you're going to have 150,000 yes, waiting yes. for you. So when I f- first bought my first car, um, I took it via balloon payment because obviously, smaller installment, yeah. you know, mm-hmm, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then as I was paying this car, I kept, I kept um, seeing with the man on the statement that this is about, that's not moving. <laughs> <laughs> and I did my research and I was like, <sighs> wow. Yeah, and I found out, and then I I just sold the car because if you sell the car before yes. the maturation yes. period, then you at least um, don't have to pay don't that amount. Exactly. So I paid off. I sold that car as soon as I found out. And you like I'm out. And I bought a new car, and without the balloon payment, mm. so now I make sure that whenever I'm purchasing a car or anything, that I know exactly yeah. what I'm signing right. because we're also excited to sign and get the car and get the keys. And not knowing what we've actually signed up for. And I think they prey on us little 21-year-olds who are buying our first cars and super excited and not knowing what they're signing for. So, yeah, that's a very good term to to unpack. Yeah, because a lot of people, trust me now, they're listening and they've had a car for three years. They've Mm. been paying. They have no idea. I think everybody must just go to that statement that they send quarterly. They don't even send it every month. They send it quarterly. Just go check and see what you're paying for. Exactly. Okay, cool. So we're about to end off. Um, but much like me, you have quite a passion for education. I'm going to give you a minute or two to plug your project. I know we've touched a bit on Youth youth Money Circle and the events that you're throwing. But just l- let us in. Tell us what it is and why you started it and how it works. Yeah. So, I mean, with Youth Money Circle, we try to make wealth creation cool and real and fun. Um, and we do that through a number of ways. We do it through these massive events with um, a number of financial institutions. And we have popcorn and we have slush and we have a DJ and we have fun and we have amazing speakers. And we try and create an environment where people can really just learn about money and not feel intimidated or stressed. Mm. I don't know this term. I don't know that term. But just to have real fun. And when we're not doing the events for young people, then we're in the corporate space and we're teaching corporates about balloon payments as an example. Yeah. Because most of them 
don't know about those kind of things. Um, or we're on social media or we're on cool platforms like yours <laughs> talking about what we do. But really for us, it's it's about making wealth creation cool. And the ultimate goal for me is to go into um, other provinces, to go mm. into small rural towns, to go into Emalokshini and, and to talk to people on a real level about money. Um, and perhaps one day have a massive expo. Yes. Just for young people. Lovely. So that for me is what I want to do. And it's purpose-driven. I've been doing this since I was at Y. Mm. Um, I could have chosen to just do parties and have a good time. Yes. But I was like, I want to I wanna use this platform to do something very real. And I've been doing it for quite some time. And thank you to people like you and to all the other corporates that have really supported it. And to the young people that have come and mm. have actually started to change their lives. You know, so we, we always get tweets from them. We get emails from them. People who came to the first event in like 2015, they still come into events. And now they've got families and they've bought their first property and their first car and they've got investments. And to see that for me is fulfilling. Mm. More than being on radio, more than being on TV. It's, it's really, really fulfilling. Oh, that's amazing. Um, how do people get in touch with you? So how do they know when the next event is and all of that? Yeah, so we we on social media, um, on all our platforms. It's YMC underscore RSA. You can email us info at youthmoneycircle.ca.za. We've got a website. We're going to be rebranding it real, real soon. But you can pop us an email, get onto our subscriber um, database. I think we're sitting at about 820 people. So every anytime something happens, we usually send out emails and we'll send out text messages. So if we've got like promo, promos going on or there's a company that wants us to do something cool, for you guys we always send out um information through that through that platform awesome thank you so much for joining me this has yeah. been really cool <laughs> thank you for the opportunity awesome thank you cheers everyone thank you for listening to today's episode thank you for listening thank you for giving us your ears catch us on the social media streets on facebook it's stripped the podcast on instagram at stripped underscore the podcast and on the Twitter streets, stripped underscore podcast.